Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Today in history, in 376, in Milan, Ambrose, the Bishop of Milan forces the Emperor Theodosius to perform public penance for his massacre. What the Fuck History, where we discuss the holliest and jolliest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am Zachary, and if this time of year wasn't hard enough, my internet parents are getting a divorce. Hi, I'm Megan, and I've discovered that internet marriage is a real racket. My name's Matt, and internet divorce lawyers are more expensive than you'd expect. I'm taking but hey, house. two Christmases! Uh, I'm gonna. No, I don't want this to be <laughs> I'm more. I'm definitely work not keeping this kid. Than it already is. Okay, wow. Well, we're gonna... <laughs> I hate that the point of contention is who who keeps me. <laughs> we're definitely gonna have to, you know, talk about that in our next uh, lawyer meeting, which is why you're really ratcheting I love that. up. The, I love that you're calling it. A but anyway, <laughs> is that what it's called? <laughs> Well, I, I, I don't think any of us have been divorced before, so I haven't we just been call divorced. it lawyer meetings. Yeah, it's a place where the, the, incident. the lawyers meet. Not since the incident. I don't think any of us have had enough quote-unquote lawyer meetings, whether they're divorce proceedings or not, to know anything I served on a jury for a week. Meetings. I know alimony. Lawyer meetings enough? That's I a lot of lawyer so. meetings. That's You're the resident oh, okay. expert, so that's why you answered. Yeah. Congratulations for your degree in lawyering so a game of rock <laughs> anyway paper, a game of this rock is our paper, christmas special the order is as follows it's zach then it's me then it's megan so zach tell me a yeah, tale and i would yes. i'd like to announce that i did get foam rock paper scissors dice at target because i can't resist their uh one dollar clearance section of various bric-a-brac so that's how I now throw hands in this game. Anyway, Zach, please continue. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, letting us know how you specifically throw hands. Um, but I would like to uh, just ask you both a question to start off. All ears. Did you know that back in the day, Christians used to fuck? Uh, I Christians. would not be here without the fucking of two Christians, so... Okay, but not like... Not, oh, not like, so you mean like the memeified version of Christians used to fuck. So what you're saying is that like Christians used to Dude, be cool? Christians? Damn. Yeah. That's kind of hard mm. to believe. Yeah. So, let me rephrase <laughs> that. Christians stole a lot, but then they embraced what they stole, and they kind of fucked for a bit. But do you know who never fucked... And I mean both in the meme sense and the literal sense. Catholics. Uh, go uh, on. Puritans. I was close. I was really <laughs> close. You were really close. You were really close. So the Puritans, in a fun turn of events, uh, Puritans fucking hated Christmas. And Puritans would do this thing where they would keep all of their shops and schools open and only chur- close the churches on Christmas because they called the holiday fool side and we're like this is an idiot's place and after they overthrow the uh in- the king of england charles the first in 1647 one of the first things they do is ban christmas they sound like real scrooge <laughs> get rid of it <laughs> yeah but even then it was like okay it's more than scrooge scrooge was a dick but this is just much they're like <laughs> we don't like fun 
and yeah. we're going to get rid of this one fun thing. How about that? And everyone's just like, I wholeheartedly agree. Thank you. So after the Puritans take control, after they overthrow King Charles I, they have Parliament decree that December 25th should be a day of fasting and humiliation for the sins of all What Englishmen. kind of humiliation? Is it so, like wearing yeah, your kink wear out in public? It's like D&D. No, I'm hoping like it's D and D humiliation where everyone then simultaneously casts vicious mockery and starts <laughs> throwing hands that way. No, but it's more like I'm thinking they mean humiliation is less of public humiliation and more of throwing yourself at the feet of God and begging forgiveness kind of deal. That's less uh, like they should have just yourself. said that then. Yeah. Well, I'm saying they should have said that, Zach, not yes, you. I'm not beating have. up on you. I'm your internet dad, and I love you very much. <laughs> you better be the give me the better Christmas gifts this two Christmas season. Listen, <laughs> I, I'm a poor millennial. I think we're all poor millennials. Mother. <laughs> we're all poor millennials, but what I'm saying this is, is about can be, oh, can be bought. bought. I see, okay. <laughs> Anyways, tell me more about this terrible <laughs> oh, okay. Christmas. Yeah, so in this Puritan belief also kind of flows over when the English decide to go over to dun, da, 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 Las Americanas. I don't think so, no. I don't believe that's actually how you say it, but sure. <laughs> Estados Unidos, okay. that's actually how you say it. The uh, United States, um, and they found the Massachusetts Bay Colony. In 1659, the General Court of Massachusetts Bay Colony made it a criminal offense to publicly celebrate the holiday and declared that, quote, whoever's sh- shall be found observing any such day as Christmas or the like, either by foreboding of labor, feasting, or any other way, was subjected to a five-shilling fine. Oh okay, my god, why do we have money? to keep doing Can these fucking the... conversions? <laughs> I stopped doing the math here, and Hang I don't want to do the math here. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna... not... Yeah. Yeah, 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 Can you yeah, get yeah, back yeah. to me on that later? And yes. as he's doing that, Zach, please continue. So, it was a five-shilling fine to celebrate Christmas. Massachusetts, in its original place, made it illegal to have Christmas. Wow, Massachusetts... <laughs> really coming in clutch for all those people who like to have fun right uh, what i will say is at least the puritans got a couple of things no they i won't i won't even say that they got anything right because they were absolutely zealous however the reason that they were like this as when it came to christmas is because they were extremely strict about the actual wording in the bible and noted it's never actually mentioned when Jesus is born. They never actually say a day. And they're like, um, excuse me. We know that you stole this from the pagans. So we're not going to give in to your evil pseudo-pagan ways. Oh, so they were like being very purist. Hence the word Puritan. Puritans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so the, the, the celebration that is Christmas is a whole bunch of mix of different things. Like, it's a mixture of the heathen Yule. It is a mixture of the pagan Saturnali. It's, it's a mix of Yule, Saturnali, and a couple of other things. In that the Christians were basically like, how do we make a dominant religion? Oh, we just adopt everyone else's stuff and call it our own. Well, I mean, that's what made the Romans kind of as successful as they were right you have the pantheon they adopt a bunch of gods that the people that they conquered had so they feel more like they're part of the empire so like as far as catholicism goes adopting paganism you know ceremonies it's smart yeah which well actually that's a good point to bring up because the whole big thing is it was actually done by the romans so in the fourth century a.d the church in Rome ordained the celebration of the Nativity on December 25th, which was the same day as the pagan celebration of Saturnali. Yeah, smart. It, it was smart. Hey, I'm but, re- yeah. really sorry to cut in. Uh, $34.61. That's a lot of money back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. What, but... was this, what was the yearly Guy, salary? I don't know. Like a hay penny? <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
That's One more single straw that's, penny. That's more information <laughs> than I need to gather because I've already been out of this game too long. Can you re-repeat yeah. everything that you've said of your story? Basically, I'm sorry, we're still moving on. Go ahead, Zach. We're still moving. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is it doesn't matter how much money you got charged. You got charged for celebrating Christmas. It was a fine to celebrate Christmas. The only thing you could do was go to work, go to school. You couldn't go to church because it was closed, but you couldn't celebrate. Um, It was actually quoted by the 16th century clergyman, Hugh Latimer, that said, Men dishonor Christ more in the 12 days of Christmas than in all 12 months besides. (laughs) On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me shame. A five-shilling five fine. Five-shilling fine. Five now get the fuck back to work. Five-shilling fine. <laughs> and living fine. And probably shame about my sexuality. Five-shilling fines. Five-shilling fines. Five-shilling fines. Five-shilling Let's never go caroling together because fuck was that awful. Hey, let's be honest. <laughs> we're doing this over the internet, so our voices make <laughs> no true. sense to each other. Uh, yes. Um, but so the best part about this and the best part about the Puritans Up- being all uppity, quite frankly, stick up their ass about it. Uppity <laughs> is I'll go back to my free previous statement. Christians used to fuck. Christmas in the 1600s was absolutely insane. Like, Christmas revelers used to use the holiday as an excuse to feast, fuck, drink, and gamble as much as possible. Hell yeah, brother. In a wonderful yuletide twist on what we now call trick-or-treating, men would dress as women and women would dress as men and pound on fucking doors and demand food or money in return for carols. Give me food. (laughs) The idea of going door-to-door for Christmas caroling was... A bunch of people cross-dressing and being like, feed me, Seymour. That sounds like a Tuesday night. <laughs> I really I really love that. Right, it does sound like a Tuesday night. But the best part is they would mostly do this to rich people. And if rich people would give them what they wouldn't serve themselves as the rich uppity folks, these dudes would just fucking vandalize their houses. Oh my Once god, again, they're my heroes. Eat the rich. Eat the rich. Christians used to fuck. What happened to you? Yeah, they were like, hey, <laughs> hey, give me the food that you prepared specifically for your Christmas feast. If you don't, I'm going to smash your windows. How does that sound? Pretty much. But again, it's because they adopted the pagan stuff, which after a while, I guess they kind of weaned out the fun stuff, which was cross-dressing and demanding food. I mean... <laughs> yeah, and the vandalism. And the vandalism, but... Uh, that's it's important. Only, the vandalism only happens when absolutely necessary. <laughs> I'm imagining, like, in the 1600s, like, a bunch of roving peasants carrying around Molotov cocktails. They're like, I have no idea what this is called, but it's, here it goes. But hey, I have it in case. Yeah, I have it just in case. Yes, so uh, eventually public uh, commemoration of Christmas is once again legal in England, following the restoration of the monarchy in 1660, and... Everyone's like, oh, yeah, I guess we'll start celebrating Christmas again, except for Massachusetts. <laughs> Massachusetts is still like, nope, we're Puritans and we're Puritan as fuck. You will not celebrate Christmas or you will be fined. You know, that's so interesting, too, because in the news today, I heard that um, I think Massachusetts is the most Christmassy place to in the United States. I don't see how that's possible, Jim. I think it got voted today. I still don't see how that's possible, Jim. I don't know. I'm, like, not... I feel like I'm the wrong person to ask. I'm not a very Christmassy guy. I like Christmas. I don't love Christmas. Um, <laughs> I don't like but, it. I don't love it. Yeah, I mean, Santa Claus is not allowed in my house. He knows what the fuck he did. <laughs> um, yeah, I, so, like, I get it. But very, Massachusetts does seem very Christmassy. It's got that idea, like, snow when I... You know, during the Christmas time and all the lights and all that other stuff. However, I think it's definitely one of those situations where there's, we're just going to call it a lot of backup. Um, Wait, what do you mean by backup? Christmas was illegal in Massachusetts. Oh, so you're saying they finally got their nut? (laughs) Oh! So finally, Christians in Massachusetts, those Puritans, those pure, pure Puritans out there, 
nut. And it's been going ever since. Where non-stop we fire don't have to go hard on Christmas, Christmas because nut. Yeah. Non-stop. <laughs> We're just snowing on everybody because we didn't oh, get a chance Jesus. for a while. I don't know how, Again, how, how I feel get about pretty this. right with it pretty quick. <laughs> So yes, in 1681, Massachusetts Bay Colony reluctantly repeals the ban on Christmas and a couple of other things. Do you know why they repealed the ban? Uh, because Christians no. fuck? No. Oh, damn. They risked losing their royal charter if they didn't. Oh my oh. god. The king was like, you motherfuckers better stop s- start celebrating the, the <laughs> arbitrary birth of Christ immediately. Yep. And they were like, oh, I guess... I guess, fine, if you won't pay us, fine. Yeah, so hostility in the public celebration of Christmas remains in Massachusetts for a fucking while. (laughs) Newly appointed royal governor Sir Edmund Andros attended Christmas Day religious services at Boston's townhouse in 1686. He prayed, he sang hymns, and he was flanked by a fucking guard of redcoats because they were like, people are going to protest. People are going to fucking go and have violent shit in the streets. Did people take violent I'm shits in the streets? I'm just trying to celebrate Christmas, man. I that... mean, they were drinking and fucking in the streets before, so probably... Damn. That's how they celebrated Christmas and protesting back This is then. crazy shit right here. Do you want to hear the wildest shit? I mean, you already yet? told me that Christians fucked once, so... <laughs> One time <laughs> in their whole long history. <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago, once. Christians in a galaxy empire far, far away. Here's the worst part about Tell this. Tell me the worst part. In Massachusetts, Christmas was not observed as a public holiday until, guess the year. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Uh, uh, 1880. Nope. Didn't you just say 1980? No. Oh, crazy. Can't, yeah, it wasn't that, until the Reagan administration. Not until right Reagan the got Re- in office did it get celebrated <laughs> yeah. again. 1681, Massachusetts repeals the ban on christmas oh, I but they don't okay. observe it as an actual holiday until 1705 1856 almost a hundred years later what the fuck dude <laughs> man they they're like listen that's hey, i like... just want to let you know that the state that you live in is broken zach <laughs> a little under 80 years after they finally say fine in order to get more money we'll observe christmas as a thing does massachusetts finally say we yeah, do it we do it holiday. for those shillings. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna briefly research whether New Hampshire ever banned Christmas. Oh look, it didn't my state wins. Live free or die, that's where I grew up. I, I understand. It's what I believe in my heart and what I know. <laughs> but yeah. Massachusetts fucking banned Christmas. That's for so let's see. We'll say let's start it. So it starts in sixteen fifty nine and it goes all the way to 1686 yeah that's i'm sorry 1856 that's fucking 200 years of no christmas no wonder we like to get our fucking jollies off to some fucking ho 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 time well there's like something in our dna right that remembers (laughs) there's something in massachusetts (laughs) dna that remembers oh that one time we weren't fucking allowed yeah those two centuries worth of you know not having fun I mean, to be fair, though, Do you guys like, remember Christmas that is time pretty that stressful. We could celebrate Christmas? No. Oh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> this is a Puritan time traveler who just, like, pops up. Dude, popping up at, like, the Christmas lighting in Boston, like, if you're a Puritanical time traveler, must be jarring. What is this? I mean, this for witchcraft? a lot of reasons. You have, but... you have magical lights and you're celebrating this heathen holiday? Yeah. <gasps> Blasphemous. Well, I mean, I'm sure that. They would just be happy that nobody is fucked. Well, it depends on where you pop up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the other thing. It's either going to be one of those things where it's like, oh my god, this is blasphemous. Or that Puritan is going to fucking whip off his tall ass hat and buckled shoes and also rip his pants in twain because he's down to fuck. Or I he dies of a I stroke. I don't think that that's a Puritan. Repression though, my dude. I mean, yeah, but I don't see it. I think he's more likely to die of a heart attack or walking in front of a car. (laughs) (laughs) A metal horse! A metal horse! That's true. I guess what I'm trying to say is if there's any Puritan time travelers out there, can I tempt you with my holly jollies? 
Uh, it's a holly <laughs> jolly Christmas. You owe me five shillings. He's still going, dude. It's never going to stop. Woo! Oh, that was good. And with that, Matt, I'm actually going to pass my Yule Log over to you. I don't want to take anything over. to do with your Yule Log. That came out a lot worse than I wanted it to. It was more of like a baton passing kind of moment. Take it. Okay. Take the, the Yule Log. Not my Yule Log, okay. the Yule Log. Okay, yeah. okay. The um, article and pronoun in front of it is very important. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, the article is... What's your story? Okay. I want to hear it. Um, we're all familiar with the concept of uh, World War One, right? No, yes. never heard of it. The, the war to end all wars. <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah. In, <laughs> until the sequel hit. Yeah. <laughs> until V2 hit. World, World War One: the war to end all wars. And then World War it? II happens and it's like, the war to end all wars again. Yeah, and then uh, Korea hits. Okay, so we're not a uh, so we're not we're not gonna go down a uh, a list of how many wars the World War One did not end. Um, but obviously, World War One starts on July twenty eighth of uh, nineteen fourteen, and it's sort of um, it's sort of fitting that we're talking about God because he decided to take a nice long nap um, for the World War One. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just laid down, decided not to look at any of the things that were happening. Well, he was like, listen, I made the world and I only had like one day of rest, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to take four years real quick. <laughs> I'm just going to take a nap. In the ultimate dad of the universe move, he sat down on the couch, fell put on the fell TV, asleep. and took a fucking nap for four years. He turned oh on, he turned on the war channel, and then when he woke up, he realized he'd been sleeping for four years, and he shut it off. Um, well, also, what I'm imagining is one of his kids shut off the war, and he was like, "Hey, I was watching that. Hey, I was watching that." And in the time it took for them to have that conversation, World War Two was started. None of this is important. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, so we're all familiar with World War One, and if you're not, Jesus fucking Christ, open a history book, for Christ's sake. You're <laughs> listening to a history podcast. I love you for it, but, like, if you don't know World War One, what grade are you in? So, anyways, what they might not mention in history class is that on December 7th of uh, the year 1914... Pope Benedict the Fifteenth suggested a temporary hiatus of the war in order to celebrate Christmas. Now I'm going to tell you guys what all the warring nations said to that. Uh, I can guess. They said, nah, fuck all that. I was about to say, did they go to the Pope and go, get fucked? So the warring countries decided that they were going to refuse to create any official ceasefires, but... The troops had different ideas. So the really fun thing about Christmas in World War One is that all these soldiers apparently on Christmas Eve and on different sides of the battle decided to sing each other to sleep with um, Christmas carols. You know, the traditional you. you owe me five shillings. And <laughs> on the 12th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five shillings yeah. as a fine. But anyways, so so Christmas Eve rolls around. These people start to uh, start to sing Christmas carols across the trenches at each other. For a lot of people, I think it was probably just a way of like sating their boredom, as trench warfare is arguably the worst type of warfare that has ever existed. If you read any history book, they will tell you that most of the people that went through trench warfare suffered terribly from the conditions of it. Um, so these people start singing each other to sleep with with Christmas carols. The next morning. And this, I'll, I'll mention, too, that this happened in scattered parts of um, the trench warfare. So this wasn't everywhere, but it did happen occasionally in some places. Members of the German side of the war started walking through no man's land 
on Christmas Day saying Merry Christmas in English. And a lot of the English soldiers obviously thought that this was a trap because, you know, you're in war. Why would anyone willingly walk across no man's land in the middle of a war? But it was not a trap. And as soon as they realized that the people who were coming across no man's land were unarmed, they also decided to put down their arms and walk into no man's land too. So basically, some of these soldiers decided that they would lay down their arms and declare a truce for the day of Christmas. That's so bold. Like, can you imagine being that first German soldier to be like, hey, do you want to see if this is going to (laughs) work? Yeah, I I definitely commemorate the first guy who was like, let's see if this works. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a surprise that he could even get out of the trench with the size of his massive balls. I mean, that's <laughs> true. He had to drag himself up. Like, how high were the trench walls? Like, what, six-ish, five-ish feet? I don't really know. Yeah, they'd have to be... I think the average soldier at that time was around, like, five six or five seven, And they had to be yeah. a little bit over them, so I'd say, like, five eight, close to six feet, maybe. But regardless, climbing over a three-foot wall with titanium balls the size of bowling balls is a tough task yeah exactly yeah so the the best thing about this and you know as i mentioned the christmas carols people had instruments in the trenches i cannot like i cannot even begin to explain how boring trenches were for all of these people most of the time you're just sitting there and then a couple of gunshots go off and you're like well i guess we'll fire for a little bit and then you're back to sitting in a trench that's probably full of water the monotonous nature of trench warfare is basically like you would take a trench one day just to lose it the next And it was like this really bad back and forth that went for about four years until God woke up and changed the channel. So anyways, these guys, these German soldiers, they walk across the field and they say Merry Christmas to their uh, English opponents. The English opponents then decide to leave their trenches and they go to no man's land and they shake hands with the enemy soldiers. They start to exchange presents like cigarettes and pudding and things like that. They start singing carols out in no man's land. And I guess some Germans decided to like find surrounding trees and they made little Christmas trees and they lit those up with some like candles or something. And I guess even in one case, soldiers set up a little soccer field and began playing soccer in um, the middle of no man's land. I like that they had instruments and someone thought when they went to war, right, I will bring a soccer ball. Maybe I will use it. (laughs) Yeah, no, like, I think that's great that that happens. I mean, the instruments are a little easier to explain. You always need to bring a bard. That's true. Um, But, no, like, yeah, to have, like, a couple of things laying around and to make use of them in in this situation for a good thing is is wonderful. And it's, yeah, I was not around during World War I, but I... uh, that's so weird, Pretty Zach. Sure it was I always hell. I pegged you to be a hundred and ten year old man. I get that a lot. Um, I'm either told that I'm 110 or infantile. There's no in between. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it was fucking hell. So to have a moment of respite for these people, because again, we're talking about World War One. This war happened because a bunch of guys signed a bunch of treaties with a bunch of other guys, and then one dude got shot. Yeah. And that's where the fuck we were. Yeah. So it's important to note, too, that this happened, like, this happened five months into the war. So to give you kind of, like, a mindset into where these people were, like, none of them wanted to be at war. None of them wanted to be fighting anyone when they could be at home playing with their kids or anything like that. So this happens. All of these people are meeting in no man's land and they're playing, you know, soccer and they're playing songs and they're playing things like this. And um, a German lieutenant named Kurt Zemisch said, 
how marvelously wonderful, yet how strange it was. The English officers felt the same way about it. Thus Christmas, the celebration of love, managed to bring mortal enemies together as friends for a time. I think that's like a beautiful moment in humanity because I've, when I was in college, I actually heard this story in one of my classes and it always struck me as, you know, a lot of the times I think we focus on the miserableness of humanity, you know, the war, the massacres, the genocides, uh, the things that we do wrong. Yeah. But this is sort of one of those moments where... I mean, just like goodness sort of shone like shine through it's one of those bright shining beacons in an otherwise shitty time because we were i don't want to say we were but the british and the germans were at war and so it's like it's it it is sort of that ray of light in the darkness that reminds you that humanity is you know still out there the problem is that it happened in 1914 and the war continued to rage for another four years so Yeah, and this never really happened again, right? Yeah, One of the things that's important to note about the the so-called Christmas truce is that it's one of the last documented cases of widespread chivalry in a wartime combat. These were isolated incidents, although there were a lot of them, where people decided to lay down their arms and not engage in combat with others because of you know a holiday and that's obviously like a chivalric thing to do and this is one of the last cases of someone displaying that kind of thing but then also it was never repeated because future attempts at holiday ceasefires were just stomped on outright by officers threats for disciplinary action moving forward see the thing is like this had to happen at this time you're five months in you're not there's no other way to put it other than there's not enough buildup of hate on the other against an opposition especially because of how this war started that it was the perfect storm of people being able to put aside differences and say fuck can we just not try to kill each other for a day yeah and yeah, can we just, like, be good people for, like, a moment? Yeah, and, and that's beautiful that that happened, but everything had to go right for that to happen. And and I am so glad, as a person who likes history, nay, loves history, and, like, reads into it a lot and, and studies what I can, it's wonderful to see the few moments that have happened and, and to see how the factors to bring this perfect storm happen, and I will be thankful for it every time I read something. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it really is like a a heartening story about i mean because war is an awful thing i don't think i mean none of us have experienced it personally no but i do think that you read these history books and you hear about certain atrocities because i do believe chemical warfare was used in world war one like some of the world war one is the reason why we have a lot of laws against chemical war so you you're right zach that like a lot of a lot of this had to be right time right place because if you're two years into a war and a german starts walking across no man's land singing you know carols or wishing you a merry christmas that's just another day at the office but you're five months yeah. into a war that you don't want to be a part of and you're thinking about your family back home and all of a sudden a German's walking across no man's land saying Merry Christmas and you're like, well, fuck yeah, it is. Bring, bring that soccer ball and tuba over here, bud. <laughs> I, think, I think for me, though, every time that I've... I've heard this story, you know, I'm inclined to think, yeah, that's really, that's really heartening. That's, that's really an amazing thing. My, my question has always been, how do you not walk away after that? You know what I mean? Like the next day, December 26th, all of these people go back to war and they have to shoot these people that they just like spent time getting to know the day before. If I'm sitting in one of those trenches and someone's like, come out to no man's land, we'll serve you pudding and we'll play a game of soccer, yeah? I don't know how I go back to work on the 26th and go, well, time to kill Hans. He was a real nice bloke, but, uh, you know, he just has to die. A job's a job. Yeah, that's the hard part. And this is a whole other discussion. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In general, and, and one that I will say that I do not think that we us three are equipped for probably not because it is a whole thing where yeah that's that that is your job yeah and whether or not you like it if your commanding officer tells you to return fire or to begin fire yeah you do that that's your job and 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 that's really hard to say and it in again there's a lot more human motivation behind that and and war is started and continued because of certain human motivations but it's at the same time it's also from a psychological perspective yeah hans is a really nice guy but you don't know hans's kids and you don't know hans's mom and you don't know hans's friends back in germany see but that's you what i'm saying is like you have you have this moment where you get to know everything about this person. Maybe Hans spent the entire day telling you about his wife and his kids and his mom and his aunts and his uncles and his whole extended family. And then the next day you have to go to work and your job is to kill Hans. I That to me is like, and again, I, I agree with you. I don't think... Um, Guys, I'll be honest, this is probably the most dour we've been on this podcast. I think yeah. it has, but, you know, I think it is good to, like, have the goofs about history. I just don't know how you do it, but you are right, Zach, to go back to your point. We never, we won't have the information. You, me, or Megan won't. Yeah. We're just not equipped to answer that question. But, I mean, ultimately, you telling the story, it is to sort of keep in you know, line with the spirit of the season and remind people that, like, humanity, despite its darkest hour, has some, does has some have... bright moments, yeah. Yeah, it has some bright moments. Um, I, th- I think yeah. it's also an important thing to note as far as this story goes is anyone could be your enemy on any given day and they could also be your friend. You don't know who any of these people are until you give them a chance. Yeah. And maybe meet them halfway in no man's land for some pudding and a game of soccer. I yeah. think that that's a great thing to put at the end of that. And I think that's a great lesson to take out of it, you know? For sure. I think actually that's like a really good segue in like the bright, beautiful part of humanity um, is a good segue into my story, which for once uh, is not doom and gloom. <laughs> Yay, we did it right, where we didn't do the depression bit at the end. No, mine was the depression bit. No, yours was definitely the the depression bit, but mine is not this week. Go me. Woo! But have you guys ever heard of the Halifax explosion? You're going to need to say that a little slower and in English, please. (laughs) Uh, Have you guys heard of the uh, Halifax explosion and the Boston Christmas tree? I've never heard of such a thing. First off, you tell me it's not depression, and then you tell me the word explosion? Now, 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 Zach, you did bring us an episode where rats were getting shot with guns. And, That's true. And that was a pretty exciting time. You're right, you're right, you're right. So tell me more about this exciting Halifax explosion. Okay, so we all live in the New England area, um, and some of us live closer to Boston than others. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Zach in the background... <laughs> Uh, But every year since 1971, a big-ass Christmas tree is placed in the Boston Common, as we all know. Mm -hmm. And that is sent... Well, you live in New Hampshire, and thus, you aren't one of us. Hey, Um, rude. (laughs) 
I tell the one truth. Of us. One of us in the tree, part of the tree. Yeah, let's talk about the fact that one of our states canceled Christmas, and okay. it wasn't you mine. Don't, you don't need to. Okay. You don't need to do us dirty like that. I, hey, can we? Can we? Can we also call a truce here on the podcast <laughs> so we can continue That's true. this story? We need yeah. to keep the divorce out of this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yes, mom and dad, stop fighting. The divorce is getting a little um, heated. It's showing up here. I apologize only to our listeners and not to my estranged wife and her <laughs> demon child. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's mine now when you don't want to deal with it. Hey, him. we need to get back to this podcast. <laughs> That's true. But the Christmas tree is sent from the good people of Nova Scotia. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, Ooh. it's really cool. Canadians so the random are really relationship. Nice guys. They are super nice, except that one time that, like, I went to uh, we I don't went need your to personal Montreal. stories. No, I'm going to tell you my personal story. You know what? Never mind. I'll just leave you with that one time I went to Montreal. Okay. One time anyway. I went to Montreal. But I will say is also we have a couple of people who listen yeah, to Yeah, shout out to so our Canada, two Canadian cool. listeners. Yeah, you guys. We see the metrics. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> anyway, the random relationship between Boston and the province dates back to the 1917 Halifax explosion when on December 6, a French ship carrying what one might label too many high explosives collided with a Norwegian vessel uh, leading to the largest man-made explosion at that time. Like, it killed 2,000 people and devastated an entire district of Halifax. I'm just going to say oh. what we're all thinking. There's no such thing as too many high explosives. That is true, but... It, this might have been too many. Okay, <laughs> here's the thing. It's not too many. It's improper use. Okay, that I will, okay, I will agree I'll, with hand that they didn't mean to use it this way i will say before continuing but yeah that's why i said improper use not like malicious use of high anyways continue (laughs) that's true (laughs) fine i'll give i'll give it to you i'll give this this is why we're getting divorced because you never listen you know what i'll mark down the tally (laughs) (laughs) but um so it's here that boston comes in you know after in in the wake of the devastation where authorities in Boston got the telegraph coming down from Nova Scotia saying, hey, we're devastated. And Boston rallied. Like, we got first responders and supplies on a train, and we got that train through a blizzard that delayed it, but we got them up there December 8th, and we helped them get through this tragedy. So, every year since 1971... Halifax and Nova Scotia in general has given the city of Boston a Christmas tree as a gift to say thank you, Uh, which is so cute. I know it's really sweet. It's also a way to promote like trade and tourism between the two places too, sort of to like, you know, get more brotherly feelings. But I, yeah, go ahead. I, I know that we get the Christmas tree from Nova Scotia and from Halifax. I didn't know why. But holy hell, after I can travel again, I'm going to Nova Scotia. I'm yeah, and it's beautiful, too. Like, a lot of Christmas trees actually come from Nova Scotia. So, like, if you get Christmas trees, like, real ones, and you bought them from a lot, like, there's a good chance that they did come from Nova Scotia. Wow. Hmm. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. But the greatest thing about this story is how the tree is picked. Oh, my <laughs> God. I'm ready. They send a lone moose into the woods, and whichever it rams its head into. You are so close. Are you fucking oh, kidding yes. me? <laughs> yes. So, like I said, the, the, best, the best part is how this tree is picked. And it isn't just about going to a big lots for big trees, right? <laughs> the Nova Scotian government employs a Christmas tree extension specialist whose responsibility is to go out into the woods around June and July and pick the perfect tree. That doesn't sound like a moose to me, and I feel lied to. No, it's okay, because this guy, like, when I was looking up the story today, the wiki article is so funny about how they describe picking out this tree. It's like, okay, here it is. The Christmas tree extension specialist is always looking for trees. And keeps a list of trees for years. Most donors are honored to give up their trees. Most will gladly watch their towering trees fall. 
the owners would not normally have dreamed of cutting down the big spruce that Grandpa planted, but will gladly part with it when told it is going to Boston. They consider it a great honor and say, oh my god, how can I refuse? In the mind of that tree you just hear, we're shipping up to Boston. <laughs> no, I'm it's just wondering, like, so funny. In order, to, in order to be this, like, senior tree inspector, do you have to, like, go to fucking tree college? I'm not really sure. I know that they are employed by the Nova Scotia Department of Natural Resources, and, like, they have to follow very specific guidelines for selecting the tree. Like, it has to be an attractive, yet sexy, balsam fir, white spruce. Is butt sexy in the specifications? No, that was I added. You added that for <laughs> I just needed to. I but needed I to make sure that you added that. Well, uh, I needed I to think... make sure because I immediately thought of like whoever wrote the legislation for that particular rule. <laughs> I just picture a was guy with his bifocals on, and he's like an attractive, and then he looks from side to side and goes, "But sexy." <laughs> and like that, sneaks like... it in under someone else's nose or something. And someone's just like, Reginald, I see what you wrote. It's just like, how do you determine if a tree is sexy? It's just like, oh, you'll know. And like you'll a tree know. just gives them some you'll bedroom eyes. <laughs> I was going to say, this year we've dressed the tree in some lingerie. Ooh. Ooh. It's Ooh. that one. Send nice that one negligent. to Boston. <laughs> this one's got a nice teddy on it. This one has... The Bostonian school kids will love this. <laughs> So you think they look at the tree and they're like, why is it all slim in the middle? It was wearing a corset. <laughs> it was wearing a corset. It's very in this year. Oh, uh, my God. Yes. Uh, so I refer to the school kids, too, because when a tree is selected, there's a big ceremony that is a big public event in Nova Scotia. But the funny thing about this event is, like, of course, it involves, like, families and school kids come because, like, it's really cool. But it also includes a town crier, which I didn't know was an occupation anymore. Oh, uh, fuck yes. The mounted police. Of course. A bagpiper. Of course. Of course. A oh. choir. Uh-huh. Oh. And Santa Claus. Santa oh. Claus comes down from the North Pole Actually, just for this. Yeah, just for this tree, dude. Dope. Sorry, I, I said, oh, too uh, preemptively. All of that gets an oh, except for Santa Claus. Once again, he knows what he did. Yeah, again, he's not allowed in Zach's house. And, you know, when it comes down from Nova Scotia too, like a similar ceremony, minus I think the town crier and bagpipers is held in Boston for, you know, the putting up of the tree and the tree lighting. I don't even know where you'd find a town crier in Boston. Just get a I I know you'd find a lot of bagpipers. No, dude. They hire a town crier just for that one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if they had someone who was, like, on one of the Freedom Trail tours. Yeah, that really wouldn't be that like surprising. That. I don't know why I said that. Be the quote-unquote town crier, and I sure as shit know they could find some bagpipes. Like, that seems really easy to do yeah. in Boston. Yeah, there's a ton of people that do um, the Renaissance stuff. And yeah, they could find one. I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. Sorry, guys. I'll, yeah, uh, I'll go back know, to my corner. I think what I'm more talking about is, like... The town crier is a staple of this of this ceremony of sending off the tree in Nova Scotia. And yeah. I just want to know, like, is he salaried? Do they have him on retainer? Or do they find a random LARPer? I'd imagine that it's like yeah. a one-day... Well, it's obviously a one-day event, right? So they must pay him, like, a, a one-day fee. Yeah, they're like, here's... Here's 120 Canada bucks. Here's five shillings. Oh my god, five whole shillings. <laughs> You look at the, the the town budget as you become the new mayor of Halifax, Nova Scotia, and you're like, "What's this? Town a hundred thousand dollars to a a town crier? Imagine like, if do the we guy even could have kick one? his feet up after one day of work? Well, he'd be Santa. And then you just you see the That's secretary. True. Eh, yeah, you know, we pay him. He comes in once a year when we send the tree off to Boston. Why does your why does your Canadian accent sound like he's from Montana? Hey, or we Wis- don't need Wisconsin. to drag Zach like this. We don't. It doesn't need to happen. But answer the question. Um, <laughs> please, but please. Here's my problem. I've never been to Montana or Canada, so I can say that I don't know either one. Oh, how's she going? Eh? I'm just pulling it up. Eh? I mean, 
I, I, I just say a eh. like I guess that's what everyone does, and I'm sorry, Canadians, if that's not actually what you say. No, I <laughs> but... I know a couple Canadians, and it is. Oh, okay. That's well, a that's a bad. thing that happens, whether they know it happens or not. You know what? If it's any consolation, I I think Tim Hortons is real lit. Ooh, so, I've never had Tim Hortons, and I want it so bad. It's really good. You know, I think it really gives our our fast food everywhere franchises. Uh, we can't touch it. <laughs> so <laughs> is what I'm saying. So a town crier, a bagpiper, uh, a partridge a mass, in a pear tree, and a partridge yep. and a yep. and five shillings and a five shilling five. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's just this really nice tradition that everyone loves. Like, when the tree is coming down from Halifax, people in New Hampshire and Maine will actually line the highways and overpasses to send it off as well, being like, oh, the tree from Halifax is going down to Boston. And, like, it's just such a wholesome ritual that started, granted, you know, a few decades after the devastation of the original explosion, but, like still is being carried on yeah that's gorgeous that's wonderful yeah that's beautiful so for the human spirit yeah i mean like ultimately i think a lot of things that people do are kind of garbage and especially as we're going (laughs) through these historical stories we make a lot of goofs out of the horrible things that happen but this one was so nice and i wanted to send us off with it (laughs) This one makes me feel like the, the, the Winter Wizard in Santa Claus is Coming to Town. My cold heart has been melted. Oh, yeah. This one makes me feel like the Grinch because my heart just grew three sides. Nope, wait, nope, nope. It's a heart attack. Please contact your doctor. <laughs> Please contact your doctor for an irregularly sized heart. Yeah. But, um, uh... yeah. That was the end of my story, and, like, if you guys don't have anything else, I say opening up the floor to last comments. Yeah. I mean, again, like, I think we can comment as much as we want and just ooh-woo at this thing until the cows come home. I'm just going to say that I will never, I'm going to go on record as saying I will never ooh-woo in my life. You gotta ooh-woo at least once. I'm not gonna either, but, you know... You get what I'm saying. Like, we could call this cutesy and odd all we want, and it's a wonderful, absolutely wonderful thing, and I'm so happy that it continues, but I think it's pretty boring if we keep cooing at it. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so I will say, please explain to me more about what the fuck happened wait, on December wait, 25th. Wait, 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 oh. The proper noises must be made. Please okay. silence for just a moment as I turn the crank on our way back machine. Hey, tell me about that thing that happened on December 25th, all that all that time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, when that uh that Roman emperor uh got excommunicated because of his massacre? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you this, that sounds like a real good reason to excommunicate a person. Yeah, the bishop of Milan was like, "Hey, you killed a lot of people. Um bye." <laughs> Deuces. Bye. Deuces. <laughs> Bye, uh, you get yourself out of here? So I did look it up, and it's called The Massacre of Thessalonica. And um, Theodosius I massacred all of these That's people, about 7,000. Yeah, it's a very baller, baller name. But he slaughtered roughly 7,000 men, women, and children in three hours. Not baller. That's not baller. He failed his That's vibe straight check. up not G. Yeah. Yes. Not a vibe. Not a vibe. <laughs> yeah, he... That like, and it happened in three hours. Like I said, because is there a reason? Did he do it for like? What if they deserved it? So it looks <laughs> like the gar the a garrison commander that was stationed in in the city was lynched by a mob of citizens in a dispute over the detention of a charioteer. Okay, and Theodosius decided that this was a clear demonstration. Um, of insubordinates uh, by these people. And so he was just like, yeah, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. Death. Death. Perish. I do want to acknowledge briefly Zach's high-pitched squeal when I said, what if they deserve it? <laughs> but what if, but that's, what if that's they just, That's my like, favorite noise I've ever heard him make. <laughs> and I make a lot of fucking noises. Yeah, but that deserved it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. 
Yeah, so really what I'm understanding here is we talk about history, which means we talk about a lot of petty bullshit. This is this sounds like some ultra petty bullshit. I I mean it was it was petty on all well, it wasn't petty on the people's side as far as I can see, but it was petty yeah. as far as, you know, the emperor going in. Uh, well, it's not really pettiness. It's actually a war crime. Um, <laughs> the Geneva Convention had not been created yet. It, to, not to, a war crime yet. Not a war crime yet, but definitely a war crime in the future. He looked you know into his saying. future goggles and he's like, ah, this is still okay now. What is it? His name's like Theodosius, right? Yeah, Theodosius. The first. Theodosius just like fucking finger guns and moonwalks out of the court being like, it's not a war crime yet, bitches. Yeah, but then the Bishop of Milan is like, yeah, but then you don't get the body of Christ. You have to say you're sorry. And Theodosius was just like, man, this isn't going to look good for, you know, PR. Imagine killing (laughs) 7,000 people and all you have to do is say sorry. Just, like, come up and, like, look them up in the eyes. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) I love that you both went with the same John Mulaney joke there. I think it was very fitting. Yup. Yeah, just like, Mr. Bishop, sir, I'm sorry. The bishop was like, well, okay. Okay. But you never get to go back to your kingdom again. Welcome to exile, you stupid little bitch. <laughs> he was just like you're no longer excommunicated and you get to continue being the emperor of Rome. You won. Did that really happen? <laughs> He's still the emperor after this. What? Yeah. I thought you said he got exiled. <laughs> no, he got excommunicated from the church. But then he said he's okay, sorry, but so everything. I got, see. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking exiled. You said excommunicated. That was my mistake. I'm so sorry to our listeners. I'm sorry to our listeners because he didn't even get excommunicated. He just had to perform a public penance. What the balls? Look, here's the here's the thing. We can say we're sorry until the cows come home. This was a fuck long time ago. Our apologies don't mean shit anymore. Yeah, but we're apologizing <laughs> to our listener because we're wrong on all fronts. Yeah, so I thought he had been excommunicated. He just had to look the bishop in his eyes and say, I'm sorry. (laughs) There are 7,000 dead people on your hands, Theodosius. And he's like, yeah, but I said I was sorry. dripping with the blood of children. (laughs) I'm sorry. Sorry. He's like, yeah, but I apologize, though. (laughs) Yeah, but sorry. (laughs) Yeah, but like, why are you gonna hold that against me, God? I thought, I thought God's whole thing was like forgiving people. <laughs> hey, you remember when God died on a cross for my sins? Well, I just committed seven thousand of those motherfuckers. So where is he now? <laughs> Give me the body of Christ. Oh my gosh. So that was his massacre. Merry Christmas. Merry, yeah, if you guys haven't worked it out by now, (laughs) this was the Christmas episode. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah, so (laughs) happy holidays, Merry Christmas, joyous Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate this season. Happy Candle Nights. Happy Candle Nights, uh, joyous Festivus. Um, (laughs) Again, whatever you celebrate, I am glad that you celebrated a little bit with us uh, and our dumbass shenanigans and i hope that some of these stories made you a little bit happier and some of them didn't make you too depressed hey Um, i'm sorry okay no i don't apologize honestly it was a great story i'm also very sorry for how squeaky my chair has been this entire episode zach i know you're gonna have a lot of trouble editing i just want to say i know you're not gonna catch them all and i apologize to our listeners i love you they're not like Pokemon. I'm not trying that hard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so if you like what we do, please make sure that you, you know, listen and follow. Uh, the biggest thing that you could do if you do like us is share us with a friend. The only way that we really get out here is if you tell other people about us. Um, you can also follow us on a whole bunch of different social medias. We're on Instagram uh, at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions. We are we are on uh, Facebook. If you look at Triumvirate Prod, which is Triumvirate Productions without the auctions at the end, uh, we have a Twitter page, which which is uh, at Triumvirate underscore Pod P O D. Uh, and finally, we're also on the TikTok, uh, where you can find us at 
the at the triumvirate production um yeah so you can also follow us if you do like our little bits where we do today in history uh we share a lot of videos like that um but yeah again thank you a lot for you know being being here here with us listening being here in this moment we love you sharing this human spirit so i think we just have one more question though i don't I don't like it when you rush me. I really don't. I, um, I, uh, what the fuck, history? you hear from the triumvirate productions and what the fuck history we encourage you to tell a friend we don't pay for any ads so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us you can find us on facebook at the triumvirate productions on twitter at triumvirate underscore pod and on instagram at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.